0: Hello again, this is Pastor Timber, and this is class three of basic classes of the King's International Spiritual Care University. We've already had class one, about that you had to have an understanding that you are to help. That is vital. That was number one. Number two was that you had to go through a process. And you had to learn, discover, what did you believe about helping people in a different way, in the spiritual care way, even if it went against your traditions, your customs, your faith, Uh, your denomination, your sect of your faith. You had to come to your own decision. You had to know what you believed about helping people from a spiritual care, spiritual way. This is going to be basic class number three class of basic information and education me, Pastor Deborah is going to be teaching you about the Valley of Tears Okay, we have decided that we are to help people we can help people from many different ways we can help people with physical needs financial needs through education, through health care, through clothes, through food, through medicine. Are all that valid? Yes. Can we help through food pantries? Yes. School book bags? Yes. Free lunches? Yes. It's all valuable. It's all important. Now, I, you're in this class, I am just telling you The journey and road I traveled from one way of helping people. We will call it the world's way, the way of the natural, what you can see with your five senses, what you can touch with your five senses. Went from that way to a completely different way that I had to learn. And it was a way of the unseen, away in the spiritual, which I knew nothing about, but I had to learn. Both ways are important. I don't devalue anybody who is helping any person in any way, whether it's with food or clothes or mental health or therapy or casework or hospitals or emergency rooms, doing animal therapy, It's all important. You just have to know that some of us are sort of called and purposed to help people in different ways. And every way is valuable. It is important. There's nothing wrong with it. One way is not better than the other way. One way does not supersede the other way. They are all important. Equally important. Because they are all dealing with. A system. Of a physical body. And all of its needs. All of its requirements. And is dealing with the biological brain. With all of its needs. All of its requirements. It's dealing with the soul. With all of its needs. And requirements. And then. The third system where your faith-based, your spiritual people go, into that realm, but we can't say very much, called the realm of the spirit. So I had been out there in the ways of the world, got trained, got educated, was a licensed mental health counselor, a certified clinical mental health counselor at the national level in America. I did national advocating for mental health with the Senators and the Congressmen. Spent a lot of time in Washington. Was on national committees to help bring about unity in education, and titles, what classes were important, was a part of a public policy and education committee, was the chairman of a nominating committee for a National Association of Mental Health Counselors. I sat on three committees at one time. Well, it was hard. Then I was at the same time in my state, a District 1 representative that covered the whole panhandle of Florida and had state uh, meetings and was on committees regarding mental health counseling. And at that time, mental health counselors were under the umbrella of American counselors, most of them were guidance counselors in school, and eventually mental health was going to break out and form their own. So I sat there, and I had a lot of leadership training and skills flying around the country, uh, going into Washington, I had to read, understand all of the insurance companies, I had to be able to talk with the legislators, I had to be very knowledgeable. Was that an important thing to do? Yes. I worked in hospitals, emergency rooms, rehab hospitals. Was that important? Yes. Was the soul part important? Yes. But where my training started to go into a different realm was, I'll tell you one of those stories, really two of the stories. I was in a rehab hospital. And anybody that came in there after a severe trauma or something, they needed a mental health counselor. And I was to go in, provide hope and counseling and support, help them through their rehab, which is sometimes would be many, many months. So one of the rooms I walked into was a lady. She'd been severely burned over all of her body. And she was wrapped in all kinds of gauze to help her heal. And I got at the door. And she was getting dressed. And it's not a pretty sight to see flesh burned. And I had to take, take a deep breath and pray. And I had to say, Lord, help me not to see the physical body that was so horrendously burned. She's wrapped in all gauze and all I could see were eyes. Help me to see beyond that. To communicate with her and connect with her just through her eyes. And to love that there was somebody behind that burnt skin and burnt body. I was going to have to be around those kind of people. And then uh, in the same hospital. Uh, I had a spinal cord injury patient who had fallen off the ladders working, a young guy, and he had asked me if I would get him a Bible, and would I make a referral to the chaplain of the hospital. I said, "No problem." So I contacted the chaplain, got a Bible, and then we went into our staff meeting with the physiatrist, the speech, speech therapist, the case workers, the social workers, the occupational therapist, the physical therapist. We all go around the table part of a team and so it got to me and they asked me how's he doing which is emotional thing? I said, well he's a Christian he's got good family support and he asked for a Bible and he has to talk to the chaplain so I referred him and I got my hand slapped from the psychiatrist saying that is not what you're to do you are not to bring that in you are not to do that and I said if that is his emotional support To get him through. He was a normal person. He has a child. He'll never be able to walk again. He'll be in a wheelchair. He's going to have to go through rehab and then learn how to do another job. If that is what it takes to support him. In his soul and his emotions through this. And that was my job. But I got my hands slapped for bringing in faith. Bringing in the Bible. Bringing in words of a higher power. Connecting this young patient. With the chaplain. So I started going. That's not right. If that was his support system. Along with family. And social workers. And rehab. And OT. Then that's what we're going to do. But because the system. Didn't like it. I started seeing. I didn't belong in that system. I had another. Person in the same hospital was a nurse years ago came up to me she said how can you deal with all that's going on here there was so many infighting jealousy between social workers and the mental health counselor me some lady had left got sort of got fired because she didn't have a license i came in and they were all mad and jealous they all liked her because i had a license
1: And they didn't get along with
0: me. And this one nurse asked me, how could I deal with all this? I said, it's no problem. I have a strong faith. I love people. I can go through most anything. And she was going through some stuff. So I started seeing that that had to be a part of my helping people. But it was not accepted in a rehab hospital. It wasn't. The part of the psychology, the mental health. So some things started getting planted. Then as you learned on video two, class two, I ended up in a Sunday school class, studying a book called Strongman What's his name? What's his game? Learning about an unseen world. Once I realized that's what I was to do, and I had put down and picked up A new way of helping people. Then. I traveled. To the valley. Of tears. Not only did I have to. Desire to help people. Then I had to learn. That there was another way. And I had to figure out for myself. What I believed. About helping people. From this spiritual way. Once I realized there was that spiritual realm that I knew nothing about, had no information, but I was to study it. Then I was sent into the Valley of Tears. Because not only with those first two things, knowing that you're to help people, and then two, that there is another realm besides the world's way. I had to have something in me. That was of that other realm. So, every time a praise and worship song would come in church, I started crying. And instead of singing the songs for myself and praising for myself, I would cry. And I would say, Sir, you don't have to do anything else for me. I am free to praise and worship you. But there are some people that do not know about you, will never know about you and your love. They will never hear about you. They will die. And they will go to hell. My heart broke. I'd go to church. And all I would do was cry. I was praying and crying in the valley of tears for other people who are in spiritual bondage, spiritual captivity, spiritual darkness and dungeons, held by chains, powerful spiritual things that I was learning about in the Sunday school class. I'd watch movies. I'd read and I would study and I would cry. What was happening is father's heart that I was to, was being implanted in me, grown up, so I could be sensitive in the spiritual realm to his heart for people. I had to learn and sense why he loved them so much. Even though they talk about him, they don't believe in him, they hate him. They kill their, their people, they kill each other. He started me through this valley. And everywhere I looked, a grocery store, I would see this love in a flower on a magazine and I would cry. I could sense it. I could feel his pain. His tears for children that didn't know him yet, that were lost to him, but stolen away. And he wanted to love them so much. I felt his pain. I cried with him. He let me feel how his heart was feeling for these people that he wanted to reach and touch. And I would cry everywhere I went. I'd go to Walmart and I would see somebody shopping. And I'd cry. I would see heavy metal people I'd cry. I would see those in the goth movement. I'd cry. I would see families that were trying to, babies were sick and dying. I would cry. I would see all the wars, all the stuff around the world, and I would cry. I would cry when our leaders were corrupt. And they'd lie to us. I'd cry. When I knew there was help from both the world's way and this new way I was learning, a godly love was developing in me as I walked through life. Everywhere I went, movies I watched, every book I read, I cried. For months and months and months, I cried. There wasn't anything I could do. I was hurting. I was feeling this source of love's pain and his agony. He was taking me through the valley of tears. He was showing me their condition spiritually, their brokenness of their hearts, the silent cries he had been hearing, their moans and their groans that they couldn't even speak when they were in pain. He saw them leaving their bodies to escape, becoming anything, a clock, a dog, anything to survive abuse. He saw the torture and the torment by these unseen creatures, unseen spirits on their spirit. He showed it to me. He allowed me to peer behind movies, even though they were science fiction. He would let me see the tears in the eyes of people. I would hear it in their songs. They were singing to us out of the heavy metal world, out of the darkness. They were talking to us about their life, the gangsters and the rap music. They were telling us of their pain. I could feel it. I could sense it. I could feel it everywhere I went. I saw it in everybody. And then I would hear, feel his heart for them. And all I could do while I was in the valley of tears was cry. Beg him and beg him to help them. I was okay. I knew upon my earthly death. I was going to paradise to heaven I'd be alright and he would help me through whatever challenges I had but these other people they didn't know that they didn't have that hope and that faith they were trapped locked in dungeons with no light no hope cried. That's so all I could do. He was taken me through the valley of tears. He allowed me to see what they look like. I'd say, What am I looking at? What is the spirit, their forever person look like? i go to Walmart, take me to the magazines, and they're in the heavy metal music magazines. Slipknot. Some of the others. He was showing me what their spirits looked like. I had to learn. It would allow me to hear their crying, their moaning what he heard, their silent cries, a look up, a tear where there's no tears. I had to go through the balance. I had to feel what he felt I had to see what he saw I had to see the love that he bore them that he was willing to bring to them I used to say God help them please help them they're hurting so bad they're so hard. please send somebody to help them Please help them. Help them. And we do it through tears. And he said, okay. You got the picture. You've been through my valley of tears with me. You know what I'm feeling. I'm going to send you. No, sir. No, sir. Don't send me. I don't know what to do. This is too much. It is too powerful. I don't know how to help these people I don't know anything about that world send somebody else Says no I'm sending you he said I'm going to send you as a bearer of my love you're going to go for me and I'll be with you as I was with my son and you're going to be a carrier of agape love out into the world. I didn't know what to do. I just kept going to the Sunday school class. I kept studying. Crying. Crying still some the valley of tears. I'm walking through it. Begging him to help these people. I knew what their end would be. What their torment would be. We're learning about it now. Trauma-informed care.
1: Adverse
0: childhood experiences. What it does to a soul. What it does to a memory. What it does. They don't know yet what it does to the spirit. Multiple personalities. Turning to the dark side. Drugs. Alcohol, sex, pornography, criminal activity, I cried. I'd go to church, and cry Because I couldn't do anything else. It's all in the valley of tears and so are you going to do. You're going to hurt. You're going to hear. You're going to sense this pain of the source of the God we love feels, Because you cannot go for him. Unless you know how he feels, sort of like in leadership. If the leader does not lead you, give you clear directions, and you understand his vision, and you go, "I'm feeling like you're feeling," if that leader cannot transfer his excitement, his hope, his energy, that we got to dream to win, if he's not a coach like in a sports team can fire you up, then you can't go play with energy and strength to get a job done. So this leader, without me even knowing it, was leading me, guiding me, pouring his heart into me, his vision into me pouring his feelings into me, making me more sensitive to him, starting to show me his power as we worked together as a team to go where he wanted to go and to reach the people that he wanted to reach. And how this story continued I kept crying. But when you get near the end of the Valley of Tears, after you have been shown all of this, you now know the purpose, the heart of the sender, And he has now implanted in you that same love called agape. And it is now growing. And it is developing and maturing in you. I was in a worship service one night, praise and worship loving, crying out for them. And I hear his voice. I've always been able to hear it. Don't know why. I had no difficulty hearing it. And uh, didn't know about that I was moving in the gift of discerning the spirits. And I was able to step in at a moment's notice, moment. sort of like one foot in the spiritual realm like I am now. Because we're in the garden. All the creation is listening A lot of therapists are here, psychiatrists, a lot of people that work with people coming out of cults, religion, they're all here, from all over the world. And I'm sitting here with my hands out breathing. And I hear his voice, he goes, what is the desires of your heart? Have you ever been asked that? I was. And I said, this is after going through the valley of tears. Father, because of your love for those that are in captivity, spiritual captivity, ignorant view, the desire of my heart is to be a spiritual mother to those in darkness." So that I can reconnect them back to agapi love. Nurse them, give them sweet, cuddling, loving on them as a baby, until they can turn that love up to you. They're not afraid of it. I will spiritually adopt them as my children. so I may turn their hearts, to the Father. And the Holy Spirit's It's done. That fast. I became a spiritual mother. I had one biological child could not have any more due to health complications. But I was always spiritually not matter what age of the dirt. 80 years old, 100 years old on your deathbed, doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what you think about yourself. I become a spiritual mother. Because a mother is the birthplace, the nurturing, is the mother side of this God. Agape love. It will cuddle you in the arms. It will nurse you, the milk of the word. I love you. you. Will look in your eyes and believe and hope for the best. It was done that night. I was ordained a spiritual mother, which is also a pastor and a shepherd. I didn't know all that at the time. That man, I knew when I met somebody, heavy metal singer, because I said, Father, I want to be a spiritual mother. The heavy metal people, those people in the cult, the goths, the homosexuals, the Satanists, the witches, the Islamic, the Buddhists, everybody. And he said, It's done. So that's what I became. But I could only get there. After the Valley of Tears. And I saw their pain and their hurt. And I knew the only thing that would fix that was love. That is beyond this world. A divine love that's full of love and hope. That comes from this Father. And I would be the anchor. Until their hearts could trust. And turn and look. To the Father at the source. Till then, they were my child. I would nurse them, baby them, love them spiritually. Then, after that, wasn't but a few months later, it's another praise and worship service or a sermon in the same church. The pastor was talking about the blessings of Abraham. Even the Islamic people know about Abraham, the father of many nations. He had Ishmael, who the Arabs became, and Isaac. Now, Abraham got blessed by God in many financial, temporal ways. And he only had two biological children. So he really didn't have lots and lots of biological children. So what the pastor was preaching on is there were blessings that we could get like Abraham. Now he was probably teaching on what I didn't hear. The financial prosperity of blessings. The goodness in the material world of the blessings. But as my hands were raised the father said to me I'm going to put a blessing on you. And I go Okay, that means good things were going to come my way. He said, I am going to put an anointing on you. That I am going to draw people in the spirit from the darkness to you. And they are going to come and talk to you. To hear your words of love for them. And they are not going to come to hurt you and kill you. I go... Okay, don't know what that means. Had no clue, but I go, okay. Then the pastor asked us to raise our hands again, get a double dose. There you go, oh, I guess I couldn't get it all at once, some kind of anointing. What's that mean? I don't know. So the father, who I'm now a carrier of, his is a copy love. Because I went through the valley of tears. He was going to all these people. I was going to hear their songs, their words, their tears. I was going to be like him. Seeing in the darkness, hearing things. They were going to be drawn to me. So I could speak words of love to them. I could provide them with spiritual protection. I'm going, oh, okay, this is not in the books. This was not talked about in the Sunday school class. Okay, so I was moving in an area who oh, I knew nothing about. There really aren't any books. There's a lot of some out there about spiritual parenting. But not at this level. But I knew God had something for me to do. And it was at a deep level. And I knew now that Christ... Jesus was no longer here in the flesh anymore I even have no desire to go to Israel why he ain't in that realm anymore that was a temporary 33 years he wasn't in that before that he was up with the father he was in another realm he only came temporarily 33 years to this world to do something and then he's gone He's back in his room where he lives. He's in that one. And even this guy named Paul of the New Testament says, You can't know this Christ anymore in the physical way we have. You can only know him in the spirit. But people love to go to Israel. I guess that's okay. I never had a desire to. Because that becomes a relic, like the Catholic Church. A physical thing. And you get stuck there with, quote, Jesus which was just the dirt body, which has been glorified and changed. So I was moving in something I knew nothing about. It was not in the strongman book. So I had to go find some other books. One of the great authors I've read is Watchman Nee. He wrote lots of books. He was a Chinese man back in the 40s or 20s. Got in prison. Wrote an excellent book called The Spirit Man. It's a big, thick one. I couldn't, it was so heavy duty, spiritual and soul, physical body. And I found other Watchmen Need books. Bought them all. When I go into and I study and I look, spiritual stuff, spiritual stuff, spiritual warfare, spiritual battles, spiritual, 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 spiritual. Then what I started doing, even before I left the Valley of Tears, I started adding the word spiritual in my mind. And when I wrote out the scriptures in front of things, like if we'd see they talk about the land of Israel, I put spiritual because I had learned in the New Testament That Jesus Christ, Jesus at that time, was saying that his words to us, they are spirit and they are life. And one of the ways that I got helped with understanding my purpose, even in the valley of the tears. One of my questions to this source of God, beloved this father, was. I didn't understand how having a food pantry at a church was not changing people's lives. I would go and take food. I prayed over the food, the peanut butter, the rice, myself. I prayed with the people. They weren't changing. What the the people had desired to happen was not happening. And I go, what is going on? We're praying over the food. We're giving it in love. We're doing what the Bible says to feed people who are hungry. What is wrong with the spiritual? So I got taken to the Word. And I can't remember. I think it's in Matthew somewhere. And it's talking about when the king comes, he's going to put some people before him and go look at what they did some people get blessed because they did some good things some people get go over there away from me because you didn't do I go, okay, I see that well I've been doing that he goes, you ain't got it he's not talking about what you do in the natural and the physical he's talking about the spiritually poor and hungry for his words of God they are spiritually sick not physically, but spiritually. Everything became spiritual. Spiritually hungry. Spiritually wounded. Spiritually thirsty for the living word of God. Spiritual orphans, because they were not in the family of God. Spiritually in jail. Spiritual captivity. They were not free dead. So, ooh, that was deep. Because I was starting to see the the Word of God and other books, even the Quran, Even all of our prophets, Buddha and Hindu guys, from a spiritual viewpoint. It was different. Now, I can't go talk to people because they're not there. So I started from this valley of tears. I ain't out of it yet. But things were coming. I was getting anointed. Because you go through this, and when you come out at the end, you're sort of ready. So I got anointed. They're going to come to me in the spirit. They're going to ask me questions. They're going to challenge me. And some of them, when they do come, some witches come and I do priests. And they've got an assignment to kill me. And how do they come? Through people, through animals in the spirit. Never frightened me or anything because I knew I had that anointing on me. And they needed to hear what I had to say about this love that I was carrying. They would challenge it, test it, see if it had any power. Because they are told, this guy's dead. He's been killed. He has no power. So what happened was, I'm starting, I'm still in the valley of tears, but I'm not crying as much. I'm starting to get a handle on that. I've got some anointing now to be a spiritual mother. And with that anointing comes protection and shepherding and leading and teaching all in that one room. Protection, guiding little ones, understanding they don't know this father. He's sort of like a dad. He's working and he's gone all day, and the mother's the one who raises them, nurtures them, teaches them, teaches them how to do it. And at some point, the father comes home, and the mother actually talks to the child about dad, dad, Papa, and slowly over time, the child puts a face with a name, strong arms, but it's the mom. Who has the breast. Who provides the milk. And what's the milk of the word? Agape love. Unconditional love. And some people just have to have that pulled in. How do you do that? Words. Deeds. Voice. Tone of voice. I had to learn all that. And then, out yet. Get the anointing of Abraham. And they're going to come. I'm a spiritual boy. So I think I got it, right? Then I had to get an attitude. (laughs) I'm still in the class. I'm still going and practicing exorcisms, deliverance. Now I have to be challenged by the other side. Because they know what's going on. And they don't like it. Things were happening at home. Me and my laundry room I had to do a lot of binding of Matthew eighteen eighteen, coming through the family. Coming through parents, brother, husband, in my own home. Because your home, coming through the people, open door. Now, also in this process, I had to learn something about my background. Uh, my background is father was from Ireland, Northern Ireland. And one of his relatives right back, married a druid, satanic high priest and a giant. And this lady wanted to keep the child, so she made a deal with him. He said, "Fine, you may have this child." And she made the deal was that in four generations, you could have one of my descendants which happened to fall to the firstborn, which was my brother, and they basically got him. They uh, caused him to have mental problems, destroyed him mentally, emotionally. That's another old story. But they didn't realize that I was the one that was going to cause some problems. So what happened was one night very early on, I'm in my bed, and I feel my body, my spirit body leaving. My body, I'm about halfway out. And I say, Lord where are we going? I thought I was going on a great trip that I'd heard about, like Shirley McLean, all these out-of-body experiences. And I slipped back down into my body. And I go, that's weird. Maybe it wasn't the Lord taking me. And it wasn't. It was these spiritual things I was learning about in the strongman class, who still claimed a right on my life because of this ancestry. It probably And that because I was now becoming aware of that realm, I was more sensitive to it. And it wasn't just a dream. I was wide awake. When that did not happen, oh, I don't know, a few weeks later, I'm laying in bed again. I feel like I am being suffocated. I cannot breathe. I am wide awake. I look over at my husband. He's sleeping away. There's nobody in the room. There's no pillow over me. but I cannot breathe. They are suff- something is suffocating me. Now, I knew what it was, something going on spiritually. And all I could do was think. I couldn't speak, which I'd been trained to speak out. I bind you in the name of Jesus according to Matthew eighteen and eighteen. Couldn't do that. My mouth would not written. Not my physical mouth or my spiritual. All I could do was think. And I said, Lord, help me. Okay, stop. Okay. Down the road a little bit, Satan actually walks in my house. What? Open doors. Through the husband. He's down here on planet Earth. He can go anywhere he wants. And I see him coming down my hallway. Yeah, right down the hallway. No, we're not here. And I had was given some angels, because coming out of the valley of tears, I had to have some major angel support. I have thirteen of them. One of them, the big tall one, you may be able to see. His name is Samuel, and the others are just twelve of them. They go with me everywhere I go spiritually. They say nothing to me. I don't talk. They are tough. They got drawn swords and they are to protect me. So. I sent spiritually this being called Satan walking down my hallway. And I prayed. And the angel that sent Samuel takes his wings. Just covers me up spiritually. Sort of like in the Harry Potter movies, I was under a cloak of invisibility. Now I'm physically there, but Satan is not physically here. And he can't find me. Because my my angel's protection wings came and put on a cloak under his. Leg, and he couldn't see me. I disappeared just like in Harry Potter. So I have to have cloaks of invisibility places I go, just like Harry. Then another one came, still in the valley of tears because you have to pass a lot of tests. Have direct confrontation is when he finds out Satan. That you've been anointed to be a spiritual mother. To turn everybody's hearts to this father of the God. You've been chosen by this God himself. You will be anointed and they will come to you. You're entering into his realm. You're going to be a big problem. So I'm laying there next to husband. I look over. I'm awake. He's asleep. And snakes are coming right out of his belly. And then go. Oh God, what's going? On? Says, don't worry, I'll take care of it. Well, he was an open door, still is. I have to keep him bound up. All right, so I'm entering into the spiritual realm. I'm in this Sunday school class. I'm reading about the spirits. I'm reading about ancestral, about generational sins. I'm. In the sanctuary, I'm learning to encounter people with demonic spirits. I'm now anointed. I still ain't come out of the valley of tears yet. One more thing to do before I was ready to come out. I wrote a poem that came from the Father. It's called Satan Watch and See. And it was a direct letter to Satan to tell him who I was. And his place now was going to be taken down. And agape love was going to be moving in his land. And just as the walls of Jericho long ago came falling down by the power of a God, that was going to happen. Because agape love was now coming. And he couldn't stop it. That I had partnered with his adversary, his nemesis, the thing he hated the most. This almighty one. Well, I actually wrote the poem, I think it's on the website, called Satan. Watch and see a mother's love move through your land and touch the people's hearts and bring them out. I had to have this attitude of a warrior because I was going to war. I studied a lot of World War II movies. I had to learn how to be a special operations guy. You drop me down behind the enemy line spiritually, I can take care of business. I had to study the Navy Seals, the Army Rangers. I had to study how entrenched the demonics and the spiritual stuff. Well, I watched Germany, World War II. I studied. When I came out, Satan got notice. Satan. Watching to see God be love, Move. Pull down your walls. Your ancient things, cities. Just as Jericho evolved. I was coming. God be love was on the move. I had gone through the valley of tears. I didn't cry as much as I did. I was anointed. I had my position. I had seen the power behind the wall In the spirit. In my own home. I had sanctuary and binding up. I was part of a deliverance ministry. I encountered these things that were in the book. But I couldn't get there and declare to say, watch and see this spiritual mother bring the gift of her copy Unless I had gone through the Valley of Tears. Once I got past that stage of tears and crying and hurting, understood the word from a spiritual context, I turned the words around, I understood things. I'm sitting in a Sunday school class under supervisors, under the pastor, prayer team, deliverance team, studying every book, watching every video. Studying the spiritual realm, out-of-body experiences, studying witchcraft, the occult. I'm going to tell you a little bit of a story that also helped me. Ah, uh, Well, that'll be next you, That'll be a good one. That's where I was. When I came out, I had an attitude. I was a tough warrior now. Spiritual. I was ready for battle. I was anointed, had my armor. I had that god in me that I was to take. I had this relationship with this God. I could hear Him. I was moving in the gifts, whatever I needed. I, I, they weren't mine. I didn't know how to activate them. I just knew He would take care of that, whatever He needed to And it was experience, experience, experience. Read the book. I sat in that Sunday school class probably for five years going over the same book, reading it, reading it, looking it up, reading it, reading more books, studying it, looking at other people that were doing deliverance ministries, reading their prayers, looking to see if everything is correlated, looking at spiritual warfare, watching these people, listening. First, the Valley of Tears had to come. So until you can go through the Valley of Tears and your heart is broken, and you look at people just driving around Walmart, where and you break out crying, and you see the pain spiritually, and you can slowly start determining, is that flesh or is that spirit? Today I was in the gym. Planet Fitness, watching people walk around, and I'm just sitting there, resting. I look at somebody and go. Is that the hidden man I'm watching? Hmm. Is that flesh? That's interesting. I'm always doing that because that's part of the next step is determining what is flesh and what is spirit. First, the valley of tears till your heart is broken and you're crying. And you hurt for other people. And their spiritual bondage. And you walk through that valley. And you can touch the heart of the one that loves them. And you can feel his pain for them. And how much he loves them. And what he does and what he will do to reach them. You can't help them in the spiritual. There has to be something in you that has developed and matured. But it's a process you go through. So I went through the Valley of Tears. Came out a warrior. Wrote Satan. Satan, watch and see it. got me love Pour itself out. Come into your territory. God anointed to be a spiritual mother. To heavy metal music. Those in the goth. Pornography. Those that are abused. Satanism. The hardcore stuff. Things that nobody wants to touch. The LGBT. Okay? I wanted them all. I wanted to love and be their mother and teach them and nurse them and give them words of love from this father. I had a gift to give them. It wasn't my gift. I'm just the bear, the of but I represented him. He picked me. I didn't want to go. I tried to get somebody else, but he said me. So I had to get ready. I did. That was back in probably 1995. The first two or three years were very hard. Lots of getting ready. Lots of anointing. Lots of times like you're going to ain't going the way you thought. You're going to keep going. What's your heart's desire? You want just a human love between a man and a woman? Is that what you want? You can fall in, fall out. Or do you want some kind of love that is not of this world? That will last beyond eternity? Go watch the movie Ghost. Patrick Swayze tells Demi Moore at the end. All the love you have for people, you take it with you. A God love travels beyond death. It's not a human love. It has nothing to do with the soul until it comes out of the spirit into the soul. And you can love somebody, the worst of the worst, that just killed somebody, cut their head off, ice the sky. You can love the worst of the worst, and only see what the Father sees. A spirit in darkness and ignorance. That is living in fear and trances, multiple personalities. Living in a dungeon, you know a good place to look at that? Go watch Charlton Heston. Ben-Hur, where they locked his mom and sister up in the dungeons. They became lepers. No lie. That's what it is like, spiritually, for these precious spirits. Or, they're like Ben-Hur. They get put on a ship, chained, and they will serve and get beaten. If they don't row that boat for Satan. I had to tell you this story and then I'll end. There was a school, a revival school down here. There was a teacher, I can't even remember his name. And I talked to him in the spirit through somebody who did not know him. Told him he needed to start teaching the word correctly. And not in error. And here's what he said. He couldn't do that. Because they would kill his family. You think about what some of these people are doing around the world. There is another world going on back here, and they are pressured. You don't do what I tell you to do. I kill you, and they kill your family. I got to work back here. So, everybody's going through the Valley of Tears. I went through it. You're going to go through it. It's a hard place. And hopefully you come out anointed, tested, and a warrior. Love, always and forever, Pastor Temper. See you in the next class, which would be, I think, class four. Not sure the title of it yet, but we'll get you there love always and pray